Episode 25, 2020 Vision. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Episode 25 of The John Becker Show. I am so pumped to be with you today, and I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. My wife and I had a wonderful weekend away from the kids at a hotel in Chicago, and we had a wonderful time. You know, we we had the opportunity to just be John and Kate. We didn't have to be mom and dad for a couple of days. And any of you who are parents out there know exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I'm back to work this week with a spring in my step because I got to spend some quality time with the most important person in my life, my beautiful wife, Katie. This week's quote comes from Michael Hyatt, who is an author, podcaster, speaker, and recognized productivity expert. Michael says that if you want to master your schedule, increase your efficiency and output, and create more margin in your life for the things you care about, you have got to learn how to focus. And this quote really vibes with me this week. As I'm winding down my two-month self-imposed hiatus from working toward my speaking business, I'm starting to ramp up those efforts again, and focus has always been something that I struggle to maintain effectively. But the last couple of months, I've found it very easy to maintain my focus on the most important thing in my life, my relationship with my wife. And now, as I slowly begin to reintegrate the pursuit of speaking opportunities into my calendar, I reached out to my good friend Cliff Ravenscraft, who is a business and life coach, and I asked Cliff if he could help me develop some strategies for building my speaking business while keeping my marriage first and foremost in my life. And Cliff did something very, very generous for me. He graciously gave me a free coaching session. And I can tell you, I know what Cliff's hourly rate is, and it is in the four figures. He is not an inexpensive individual to uh, get coaching from. But he's a friend, and he generously gave me some of his time. And by the time we were done with that coaching coaching session, we had indeed developed some concrete goals and strategies for what I will accomplish over the rest of 2020. And I'm going to share those goals and strategies with you today. So when I talked to Cliff in our coaching session last week, he asked me a very interesting question. He said, what can we talk about? What can we do that will make this a very powerful and motivating conversation for you? And I simply said, well, Cliff, here's the deal. You know, I have a day job and I am building my speaking career and I want to make incremental and visible progress on growing that speaking career while keeping my marriage relationship first and foremost in my life. I do not want to build any kind of career that will leave my wife behind and so I just asked him, how does he do that? Cliff is a very successful speaker. He is a very successful coach. And he has a fantastic marriage to his wife, Stephanie. And every time I check in on Cliff, whether it's in his podcast or if it's uh, on Facebook or something like that, he is making great strides in his business while at the same time maintaining a very energetic life with his wife. And I'm envious of that in a positive way. I want to be able to do the same thing. So I asked him if he could help me out. Cliff, how do you do this? How do you maintain such a vital and and uh, energetic marriage while building this incredible six-figure plus speaking business that Cliff has? 
And so we worked through some things and talked about some strategies, and I am going to share those with you today. So I have three priorities for my personal and professional life in 2020. We're coming up on March 1st, and that's when I'm kicking it all off for the last 10 months of 2020. This is what I will achieve for the rest of this year. As I said, I am going to keep my marriage relationship number one in my life. Now, what does that mean? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, my wife is number one or my husband is number one. But what does that really mean? Well, for me, that means that my wife, Kate, is going to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that she is the most important part of my life. So how do I do that? Well, first of all, for those of you who aren't familiar with a very vital book that has meant a lot to me in my life, I want to talk a little bit about what are called the five love languages. Now, the five love languages is a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman several years ago. And this book was foundational in me finally being able to understand my wife. Now, basically, there are five love languages, five ways that people in general feel loved. And different people have different love languages. Those five love languages are, first of all, And these are in no particular order, but number one is words of affirmation. Saying kind things to people. Some people get very filled up when they're encouraged or when other people are praising them. So words of affirmation is one. A second love language is acts of service. When people do things for you, whatever that might look like, um, when people who, who have the love language of acts of service, when they feel served by someone, in their life. That makes them feel loved. Another love language is receiving gifts. Of course, this is pretty straightforward. People who have that love language, they love it when people shower them with gifts. Another love language is quality time, spending time together with the person that you love. And the fifth one is physical touch. So again, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And I would encourage you that if you want to understand how your partner feels loved, you need to read that book. I will put a link to the Five Love Languages book in the show notes. But anyway, my wife's love languages are time together and acts of service. So she enjoys it when we spend time doing things together, and she likes it when and feels loved when I do things for her. Conversely, my love languages are physical touch and words of affirmation. I love it when I get hugs or even just a a rub on the shoulders. I love it when the people in my life who love me tell me things that make me feel good about myself or about what I'm doing for them. So what's interesting is that, of course, Kate and I have different love languages. And if you're not able to speak the love language that your partner feels loved by, it can put a strain on the relationship. I know that early in our marriage, I would often show Kate that I loved her with words and touch, but that wasn't how she received love. That doesn't mean she didn't appreciate those things, but that didn't fill her cup love-wise. And I, by the same token, my wife would, you know, do wonderful acts of service. I mean, things like simple things like doing the laundry and and um, washing dishes and cooking dinner and, and things to serve the family. And that just didn't really fill my cup. It was like she was speaking Chinese and I was speaking French and we weren't understanding each other. And that can put a strain on the relationship. But after we read that book on the love languages and we started to understand how the other person felt loved, we had to make an effort to show love in a manner 
that the person receiving the act will feel loved. And so even though I'm much more of a physical person in terms of touch and hugging and things like that and giving words of affirmation, I'm working harder to spend more quality time with my wife and to do things for her that I know will um, make her feel loved. And she, uh, in return, has been um, you know, working to be more affectionate and to give me words of affirmation. And this is something that we've been doing for years. This isn't something new, but it's something we've understood and we have to make an effort to do. So how is my wife, how is Katie Becker going to know that she is number one in my life? Well, first of all, as I said, it's about spending time with her. And that's one of the things that I had kind of fallen down on uh, late in 2019. I was spending so much time focused on trying to build a speaking business and things like that, that I was neglecting to spend quality time with her. And I don't ever want to do that again. So I am going live on my podcast and I am going to make a commitment for everyone to hear. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to commit to spending quality time with her by having a date night every week with my wife. That might be something as simple as playing a game or watching a movie with her at home, or it might mean going out to dinner or some other event, but it's going to happen every week without fail unless there's sickness or some other unexpected emergency that gets in the way. And those date nights are going to be protected. When we put them on the calendar, nothing else is going to get scheduled in the way of that unless, as I said, an emergency comes up or something like that. I'm also going to commit right here to anyone listening. And by the way, my wife is a listener, so I am committing this to her as well as to anyone else, that at least once a quarter, once every three months, Kate and I are going to get out of town for a weekend uh, we might be able to do something as simple as spending a night or two in Chicago. We're really close to Chicago. In fact, we did that this Valentine's weekend. We went up to Chicago and we had a, a nice stay at a, in a nice hotel and we had a wonderful dinner and we just had a great time. And so Chicago is nice and close by and there are so many fun things that we could do in Chicago. So we may do something as simple as just going to Chicago or if the opportunity were to present itself, we could do something as extravagant as uh, taking a trip that we might fly to. I'm committing to that. And of course, those kinds of trips, um, they have to fit into our budget if we were to fly out of town and, and so forth. So this also involves making a plan to fit these kinds of date weekends into our budget. But there might be some opportunities for out-of-town weekends that I'll talk about in a minute that might be a little bit more affordable. Another thing that I'm committing to so that Kate knows that she's number one in my life is that I'm going to be more intentional about acts of service. Now, my wife's a good cook. I think she's a really good cook. But she doesn't really like to cook. That's not one of the things that she enjoys doing very much. So I've decided that I am going to commit to making dinner, cooking dinner a couple of times a week on days when I'm home early. There are often days where she works until 5 or 6 o'clock. And on those days when our work schedule aligns really well, I'm going to plan to cook so that when she gets home, dinner will be ready on those nights. Now, there might be some nights where I cook where she didn't have to work that day or whatever, but I'm going to try and make an effort uh, on days when she has to work to commit to cooking dinner. I like to cook. I, I will say that. My mom taught me to be a pretty good cook, and my dad actually was a chef in a restaurant uh, when I was a kid. So cooking has always been a big part of my life, which is probably why I ended up being overweight, because we had a 
pretty uh, unhealthy relationship with food growing up. But I did learn how to be a really good cook. I know that she appreciates not having to cook, and I've always liked it. So that's an easy way for me to give her a break from the kitchen and do an active service that I know that she'll appreciate. I'm going to look for other opportunities around the house to do things to uh, to serve her, things that she might uh, not expect or things that need to get done that that would normally fall on her plate, and maybe I can do those as well. But I'm going to commit to doing those acts of service on a regular basis. Now, the second thing that I'm making a priority in my personal and professional life for in 2020 has to do with my job at the university. I'm committed to this job. I have to be committed to this job because it's my financial resource right now. It's the principal income. And I want to be an excellent steward of that day job. God gave me this job. He gifted me with this job. And it's a blessing financially. It's provided well for me and my family, and it's allowed me to do many positive things. I have excellent insurance and retirement benefits, and I'm really thankful for it. But I'm also committed to growing a speaking career in a powerful way, and I'm going to discuss that in a minute. So relative to my day job, what does it mean to be committed to that? So here's what I'm committed to doing in 2020 as it references my day job. I am going to give my day job the fullest expression of my ability, my gifts and my talents and my time. When I'm at the university, I'm going to be fully present and I'm going to do my job as consistently as I can. Uh, I've won a number of teaching awards and I'm I'm proud of that. I'm simply stating that as a fact. I'm not trying to brag. But I've earned a reputation at the university among my my, uh, peers as an excellent teacher So I'm going to do everything in my power to maintain that respect by continuing to be the best teacher that I can be. I'm going to uh, remain committed to my student success, and I'll do everything in my power to help them reach their goals. But at the same time, here's the other thing that I am committed to for 2020. I want to continue to gain momentum in the growth of my speaking career. Now, if you listened to episode 24... I mentioned that I'd been contacted by a couple of universities who were interested in having me come and uh, actually not a couple of universities, one university and one other um, opportunity to speak for a math symposium. So there are two opportunities that have presented themselves for me to um, do some speaking in the next few months. Well, since last week's episode, I was contacted by another university that wanted me to come and present uh, on student success. And so I'm excited about that. Just in the last week, I picked up another opportunity to speak. So I'm gaining some momentum in the growth of my speaking career, and I want to continue to gain that momentum. Of course, being a public speaker does not require a podcast, but I enjoy doing it. And so creating this podcast does not really work. It gives me an opportunity to get my message out there and share and get feedback from people. And I find it relaxing to sit here in my podcast studio and talk into a microphone and have people give me feedback, some positive and some negative, and that's okay. But here's what I'm committed to when it comes to public speaking. I am committed to landing at least five paid speaking gigs this year, and I am aiming for some of them to be destination opportunities where I can possibly negotiate travel expenses to include my wife so that we can double up on a date weekend with a speaking opportunity whenever possible. As I told you last week, I was contacted by a university in Atlanta, and I'm uh, still waiting to uh, 
continue negotiations with them on speaking, but I'm hopeful that it might be an opportunity to include uh, Kate traveling with me and maybe we could spend the weekend in Atlanta. So we're looking at that as an opportunity. So why am I telling you all this? Why am I putting this out there on, on a podcast? Knowing that my wife is going to hear it, knowing that several of my kids listen to my podcast and they're going to hear it and they're going to hold me accountable. Knowing that some of my friends listen, knowing that there are people out there who don't know me from Adam, but they have started listening to my podcast for whatever reason. Why am I telling you this? Well, it's really very simple, folks. The reason that I am putting this out there and telling you what I'm going to do is the same reason that I put it out there and told everybody back in April of last year that I was going to go skydiving. In April of last year, I was still about 40 pounds, 50 pounds over the weight limit for skydiving, but I started telling everybody, I'm going skydiving in October. I'm going skydiving in October. And I talked about it, and I talked about it, and I talked about it. And the reason that I talked about it so much is because when you tell people that you're going to do something, it becomes very difficult if you end up not doing those things. There's a pain point that you get to when you say, I'm going to do this, and then you don't do it. Because what it does is it damages your credibility. People will think, yeah, you said you're going to do this, but you didn't follow through. So how do we know that you're going to do that? And that's the way it was when I got ready to go skydiving. There were plenty of times in the six months between April and October when I wanted to cheat on my diet or when I wanted to not do some exercise. But I had to remind myself, you know, if you don't lose this weight and get below 250 pounds, you're not going to go skydiving. And you've told all of your students, you've told your wife, you've told your kids, you've told your friends, you've told all these people that you're going skydiving and now you're not going to do it. Nobody's going to want to listen to anything that you have to say if you're not going to follow through. So to the best of my ability, I intend to follow through on all of the things that I've just laid out for you. Now, some of them are within my control. It's very easy for me to say that I am going to cook dinner a couple times a week, that I'm going to do things around the house that serve my wife well. It's very easy for me to say that I'm going to commit to a date night with my wife once a week and that we're going to go out of town every quarter. Those are things that are within my control. It's easy for me to say that I am going to do the best I can to serve my students and help them achieve success. But I have a goal of getting five paid speaking gigs this year. I can't force anybody to hire me. I will do the best I can to get the word out to the decision makers who bring people in to speak. And some of those things are happening a little bit organically. As I said, now I've, I've had three in the last two weeks. I've had three opportunities present themselves. But ultimately, if they're considering multiple speakers and we engage in discussions and they decide to hire someone else, I can't be in control of that. So it is entirely in someone else's hands as to whether or not I'm going to land those speaking gigs, but I'm going to do everything in my power to make it happen. I've uploaded and um, renewed my YouTube channel. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, revised. I've revised my YouTube channel to include some videos from when I spoke at uh, Manchester University last summer. And I've put those out there to the 
people who are making decisions about uh, this university in Atlanta. And I did notice this morning that those videos had received a couple of extra views. So I know that there are some people who are looking at them. My videos at Manchester University are not the kind of thing where people are just going to go, hey, this looks like an interesting video. Let's watch it. It's not a viral video by any stretch of the imagination. So the only people who would be interested in watching it would be people who were interested in hiring me. And so having seen that there were some views on my YouTube channel this morning, I found that very encouraging. So I am going to continue to tell people what it is that I plan to do because it's going to be so much easier to get those things done when I know that failure to do them will damage my credibility. I am also going to write down my goals because when you write down goals, you are 42% more likely to accomplish those goals. I'm going to create a process where I can block out time to work on those goals. And by the way, folks, there is nothing wrong if you are planning a date night with your spouse. There is nothing wrong with blocking out that time and putting it on the calendar and saying, this is when we're doing this and nothing else will get in the way. So it's important that you create uh, time in your calendar for everything, especially time with your spouse. And then I am going to do the best I can to have tunnel vision when it comes to pursuing these things. I am going to focus, 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 focus as, as uh, intently as I can on accomplishing these things. Making sure my wife knows that she's number one in my life while I do excellent work at the university and pursue and grow my public speaking business. Those are my goals for 2020. That's going to give me the 2020 vision that I so desire to have. I certainly don't have it with my eyeballs, so I might as well have it with my goals. And I'm going to keep you posted on a regular basis as to how I'm doing with those goals. I'm going to let you know, um, probably on a weekly basis, how things are going in the speaking area, how things are going at the university, and definitely... Uh, from an accountability standpoint, I'm not going to shy away from letting you guys know that I am focused on making that relationship with my wife, Kate, number one in my life. In closing, I want to share a quote, another quote from Seth Godin. If you don't know who Seth Godin is, he is an American author, very successful author and blogger and entrepreneur. And he said something that really kind of, um, kind of, you know, has stuck with me throughout the day. It says that the thing about goals is that living without them is a lot more fun in the short run. It seems to me, though, that the people who get things done, who lead, who grow, and who make an impact, those people have goals. This episode of The John Becker Show is brought to you by our sponsor, Crown Media Group. Is your brand marketing stale? Does your website need a makeover? Then head over to my friends at crownmediagroup.com. They do spectacular work at affordable prices, and they have the best customer service in the industry. Check them out today. And if you're enjoying the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a subscribe. That's going to increase our visibility so that others can find the show and hopefully benefit from it as well. Well, as you get ready to go into your week, I hope that you will remember what Seth Godin said. The people who get things done, who lead, who grow, and who make an impact, those people have goals. I hope that you have goals for this week, this month, and the rest of this year. And I hope that you will pursue them diligently, and I would love it if you wanted to share them with us. 
That's all the time we have for this episode of The John Becker Show. Thank you so much for listening. And and until next time, my friends, have a great week.